0: You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with J and Jay. Hello, all you traffic cops. Yes, you may be wondering why I'm calling you a traffic cop. Uh, if you are a traffic cop, no, I'm not operating in a spiritual gift. I'm just referencing the last podcast. Te- podcast. Fantastic podcast. <laughs> About spiritual authority that we carry. We compared it to being a traffic cop. And I said my Guatemalan dream job would be standing on those cobblestone streets being a traffic cop. And really, it's probably not my dream job, but I would like to do it for a short amount of time uh, to just get the instant hit of (laughs) dopamine that comes from having authority over vehicles all day long. I think I'd enjoy it.
1: Just for a few hours for me. I think I could enjoy it for a whole week. Whole week? Yeah, I think I— I wonder, uh, how, how, would you enjoy it if you found out how much they got paid?
0: Uh, I don't think so, because I don't think they get paid much. Yeah. But I don't know what a average wage is in Guatemala, and yeah. maybe government jobs like that get a little bit more. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I bet I fooled a lot of people or surprised a lot of people. didn't fool them. I'm not trying to be deceitful over here. But I surprised them with that being one of my dream jobs. You already mentioned that you as a Foley artist would be a great career for you, and Foley artists is the people yeah.
1: that make the sounds in movies. Yeah. Yeah, most of the sounds you hear in a movie are digitally added after the fact. Like they might they have a mic there that's for speaking. Um, but almost every other sound that you hear. And you wonder like when they're out in the in the um like we're out in the forest and it's like a big windstorm and they're talking and you're like, wow, that sounds really good. Most of that all the wind and all that stuff was added in later and like suppressed. And so it's really cool. Anyways. Do you have any other Dream jobs. Well, I said this in the, the, one of those podcasts. Automotive journalists would be really fun. That's I cool. like cars. Um a, any type of like editing. I like editing. Like not a not a book editor. I would hate that. Um but like video editing. Video editing I really enjoy. Um some of the really bougie, unrealistic jobs, like um like hotel reviewer <laughs> <laughs> <Guys>. <laughs> where they pay you to travel and eat food and review hotels. You know, that would be cool. I don't how know how this? you get that gig.
0: Bucket list items. Do you have any bucket list items? Like or
1: at least one. For like places to go or bucket list jobs? Places to go. Yeah. Santorini, Greece. Greece. White buildings. That's what I think Yeah, of. White buildings. The church has got the blue roofs. We've made it a goal, me and my wife. For our 10th anniversary. To get to
0: Santorini. We're going to go
1: to Santorini. Awesome. That'll be one of the stops on the trip. We're going to go to Greece. I've just been like mesmerized by that place. It just is beautiful. I
0: believe they have a lot of 4K videos that you can watch of <laughs> yep. Santorini. A lot Greece. of drone footage. A lot of drone footage. Going
1: over the, the blue, blue roof of a chapel over the bay and then back around. That would be beautiful, man. And for yeah. a 10th anniversary, that would be a beautiful moment. Yes, that's a bucket list place to visit. What about you?
0: I have one item on my bucket list, and it's very lofty.
1: That's, so, that's It can't even be a bucket. It's just like...
0: Well, maybe that one action, that one no, event actually, fills the whole bucket.
1: Before you kick the bucket. That is what is a, it is about. Term. Yeah.
0: I want to go from Alaska to Argentina on a trip. Wow. So go from th- pretty much the it's top. It's like a lot of work. It is going to be a lot of work. It's going to take a long time. And it's going to be moderately dangerous. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I think it would be so fun to go from Alaska, probably on a motorcycle, though I could do it in a car. There's a section in Panama called the Darien Gap that is practically impassable.
1: I know the Darien Jungle is pretty intense.
0: Yeah, it's a section of, I think, 20 to 60 Mm -hmm. miles. And it's extremely dangerous. And there's not a road. They've done a couple attempts of putting a road through it. And it's just not worth the squeeze. So now it's pretty much drug and human smuggling through that area. So what I would do is I would probably get to that part and then have my Mm. vehicle either sell it, depending on the cost of it, (laughs) and then renting something in Colombia or i would have it ferried into Colombia and then continue
1: to Colombia seems like you got it mostly planned out are uh, you going to be on time. are you embarking on this with your significant other she's not interested she has said that i could do it with my brother
0: jordan so yeah. jordan if you're still listening to this jordan podcast,
1: wants to do it in a toyota pickup and a motorcycle
0: is that what it is he told me motorcycle i didn't know the yeah. pickup was coming well, as a well, support got vehicle.
1: there's a there's a couple who've been doing that exact trip in a little toyota pickup
0: <laughs> of course yeah. Jordan would so that's kind of fun you learned a little bit more about yeah. us
1: I think no uh, sorry, I'm sorry I'm gonna keep talking sorry oh. you know like is it eight wonders of the world or is it seven natural wonders not man-made no no they would be the man-made wonders I think it'd be good to hit those up you know so you got the Taj Mahal you've got the Great Wall of China you've got the Pyramids of Giza you've got what's the other ones Machu Picchu and the Mayan ruins, that's one of them.
0: You're almost the seven.
1: I don't know. Who knows the other ones? I know there's somebody who's listening to the podcast right now <laughs> going.
0: That it's would be this fun. One. You can't
1: do it all in one trip, but like every few years, you're like, I'm hitting up a, a wonder. Yeah, that would be I'm fun. Wake up the wonder. That's an elevation album from like 2012. Anyway. I am gonna say circa 2017. Circa 2017. That's pretty safe to say. Okay, so this week, Um, you're going to bear with me as I shoot from the hip. I woke up this morning, this morning being not when you're listening to it, but that's okay. Um, and I don't, I like if the heavens parted, that would be that. I mean, maybe this is what it sounds like. And I'm just kidding. I just woke up and I felt like God said, Hey, talk about your trip to Nashville. And then you're going to talk about James chapter two and Being someone who's smart, that person probably would have read James chapter two before they jumped on the podcast. Um, I did not. I stuck with my normal morning routine and read something else. Um, And I'm trusting God um, with the rest. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week. I went on a trip to Nashville. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to open up the word of God. And we're going to talk about James chapter two. Maybe this will bless somebody. Maybe this is God just literally... Giving me some practice on how to hear his voice it might not have any sick, big impact Connecting, beyond. Just like Jim Hockaday yeah. was talking about, right? He might just say, "You know, this really isn't gonna." I'm not going to say it's not going to do much for somebody, but sometimes God will say, hey, why don't you get off on this exit other than this exit? And then you're looking for the accident. And you're like, well, what did I miss, God? And he's like, I'm just seeing if you're going to listen to me. Like, the really, you could have taken either way, but I gave you instruction. and I wanted to see if you were going to listen. I'm not trying to insult
0: you here, nope. but this is what came to my mind as you're talking about how maybe this won't bless the listeners. <laughs> it made me think of a child's piano recital. We go to children's piano recitals to be blessed by the music. No, no. to support them in their endeavors of growing. <laughs> so we're showing up to your piano recital oh, right thanks. now, man. It's going to be a blessing.
1: We're going to, I'm going to start with Fairly's. Here we go. <laughs> Fairly Yaka, <Rizaka>, please. <laughs> no. So at the beginning of the year, we had a podcast where I talked about goals and I talked about like some people, they get a word for the year. Um, and my, my wife's word was influence. My word was actually a phrase that, was accompanied with a logo when I closed my eyes, and it was the Nike logo. Just do it. (laughs) Just do it. And I was like, that's kind of silly, God. And he goes, no, 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 I'm serious. Just do it. And I knew exactly what he was talking about because he had put – he had stirred in my heart a while back about recording some music. And it's like, yeah, that's a great idea, but there's a lot of – a lot of work that goes into that. Where am I going to go? How am I going to do it? How, how much money is going to be spent? What songs? All that kind of stuff. So before I knew about any of that stuff, I just booked the trip at the beginning of the year. And that trip took place on in March, March 9th, March 9th through the 11th. So whenever you're listening to this, it's fairly recent. Um, And so we booked it. I booked it with my sister. And I was like, you know, we're just going to do this thing. I had no plan except like show up and just, do it. We didn't have like an agenda for what we were going to see beyond that kind of stuff. We just did it. And I'm telling you about the trip. Cause I think that <laughs> I think that the devil, he really didn't want me to go on this trip. Cause I had a lot of, a lot of challenges. So it was just funny because we wake up to go and I'm telling my wife's with me, she's a foreigner, she's a Canadian. So she's got to travel with all of her documentation so she's got to have her green card, all that kind of stuff, passport. And it's really difficult because if she's traveling, we have to be very cognizant of what name it's booked under because her passport is under her maiden name. Her green card and her license are are under my name. And so if she's traveling internationally, it has to be booked under Sabo. Otherwise, she can't leave the country. Um, in the States, she can do either, but we just always have to be aware of that. So I'm I'm like, you need to keep your, get your license. You got to have it. Okay. You got to have it. Um, it's really important because if we get to the airport and you don't have it, you're not getting on that plane. So we get to the airport. She pulls out her license. I'm like, good for you. I go to pull out my license. No, do not have it. No. Yes. (laughs) Yes. As in no, can't believe it. And I'm like kicking myself. I go, I literally have been like so adamant about not leaving the documentation at home. I was I was berating my wife with just reminder after reminder. And then I forget mine. And so I didn't know what it was. I'm thinking about it. And then I'm like, you know what? One of my good friends the, ne- the day before hooked me up with a hotel because they worked for Marriott and they said, I need a picture of your license. I took it out of my wallet. I took the picture and I set it down in the car that we didn't take. And I'm like, Oh no. And so I'm looking, I'm like, we got some time because we got there a little early. I'm like, the plane starts boarding in about an hour so we track we book it and i call uh i call somebody who was just at her house and i go you got to go back to my house look for my license so they're struggling they're trying to find it they're flipping my house upside down it's kind of embarrassing because my house isn't necessarily clean and they are they are they experiencing have full access to find the your... uncleanliness. <laughs> yeah, full access. I'm like, go in here, go in there. I give them the combination to my safe. I'm just like, I got to find it. <laughs> you accidentally <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> locked it in my safe. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't find it, but they do find my passport. I said, I'll meet you halfway. So, But we're at that time crunch area, and I'm driving through the back Oh, canyon. I was
0: thinking of Denver. We're in Grand Junction. No, Good. Junction. Good. Sorry.
1: Good. And we get to a point, and I'm like, babe, we got to turn around. Like, I can't, like, we're going to miss the flight. I'd rather try and take my chances than miss the flight altogether. Cause like, I will not be able to live with myself if I didn't even get to the airport and try. So we call that person. I go, dude, just send me a picture. Like we're done. Go back home. I can't meet you. So we turn back around. We barely get there in time. And I've got no documentation, get up to the counter. And he's like, license. And I go, huh, that funny story, man. Like, I don't know where it is. And he goes, well, I don't think you're getting on this plane. And I'm like, And I go, I've got a picture of my license and I've got a picture of my passport. He goes, that won't do me any good. I need something physical proof. So we're looking through and my wife goes, he's got a Costco card. I'm like, all right. So I pull out the Costco card and the guy looks at it. It's got a really sketchy picture. It's like worn out. You can't even really see my face. He looks at it. He's like, okay. You like, any other proof? I'm like, I got a credit card. He looks at my credit card, looks at my Costco card and goes, all right, I'll let you on. Like wow! I
0: was nibbling on my
1: nails hearing that story, man. <laughs> so, for all of you who want a little pro tip, if you forget your license, you may or may not be able to get on the plane with a Costco membership card or maybe a Sam's Club membership card. Um, don't want to don't want to disclude the uh, Samsung Samsung <laughs> Sam's Club peeps. I like so Sam's we get Club. on there. I'm like, wow, that was wild. But I rented a car through Turo. Okay, Turo is like Airbnb for cars. I don't always save money on Turo. I, I. Yeah, but you get way better vehicles. You can get luxury vehicles. Oh yeah, you can drive Ferraris if you want. If you want to pay for it. But, um, so I rent a, just a, a standard Jeep Cherokee. It's nice from a guy named Zach. All right, and I get on the plane and I'm like messaging Zach. I'm like, dude, I don't have my license with Turo. With certain people, you got to get to the so they they place it in the parking lot. You get there, you got to send a picture of yourself in front of the car holding your ID. And I'm like, this is not going to work. And so I'm like, I mean, I'm like being all nice. Hey, like, this is what happened. I actually only have a Costco card. So I could take a picture with my Costco card if that's okay. Or if you got to cancel the trip, I totally understand. And he goes, nope, add your wife as a driver and we'll, I'll just let Turo know. We'll switch the whole thing over to her. No big deal. I'm like, oh man, thank you. Favor. Zach, you're the man. Yeah, favor. And it was funny because that pre- the that night was worship practice, which I wasn't at, but the team was praying specifically for favor. And I'm like, dude, that's exactly what I needed. Thank you. God knows. And um, he, he worked in those situations. So uh, we get there, we get to the hotel, and I have a specific form that has to be presented because my friend – booked it as like a friends and family thing, but you got to give them the form. Otherwise it does not work. So I get, I have the form. Okay. Don't worry. I get to the place. It's 1230 at night. I go, here's my form. Uh, Reservations under Jonathan Rossler. She goes, there's nothing under that name. Like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, okay, well maybe it's under such and such name. She goes, really? She's like, it needs to be under the name that needs to be under your name. I'm like, okay, we'll just check the other name. So they put in the other person's name. no, I'm like, oh, it's 1230. I'm like, do you have any other rooms? She goes, no. I'm like, no other rooms? She goes, it's the SEC tournament. It's March Madness. She goes, and the, the stadium, the, the arena's in Nashville. You're staying in Nashville. You got nothing. And she's like, I don't think anyone's going to have any rooms. I'm like, oh my goodness. So and my wife, she just looks at the lady and she goes, I don't think you spelled our name right. And I'm like, there's no way she couldn't have spelled our name I gave her the form. The form has my name on it. Lady didn't even look at the form. She spelled my name wrong. I'm the kind of a person in certain instances, I just abide by rules. And like, I would have just been like, licked my wounds and left, (laughs) slept in the car.
0: Let's just say you were believing the best about the lady that she actually looked at. And the lady goes, Oh,
1: I didn't even check the spelling. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? So she spells it right. She goes, okay, we got your rooms. I'm like, thank the Lord. So we wake up early, we go to breakfast, then we type in the address and I'm like in the middle of the boondocks boonies not the boondocks boonies can't find this guy's house the guy that i'm recording with call him up i'm like hey man i'm at the end of the old dirt road and uh don't see any houses and he goes oh man just share your location with me and i'll get you sorted out and i share it with him he's like dude that's nowhere close to my house and i'm like what and he goes i live in thompson station i'm like that's what i put in i look at my address we typed in old thompson station Ah. big difference we end up being late um so it's just uh, one thing after another. It was really, really funny. So the first day ends up going, well, we're recording. It's great. So, and then I start getting a little tickle in my throat. I'm like, man, I don't know what that is. I'm like, maybe I just wore my voice out. Little did I know I was suffering from some acid reflux, which I think I've had in the past. I just didn't realize that I had it. And the worst thing you can do when you have acid reflux is lay flat on your back. So that night I lay flat. And all that acid like went up into my throat. I woke up in the morning. I I told my wife, "I'm like, I think someone took a cheese grater to the inside of my throat. Like, I cannot sing." And I was about to cancel. No joke. Like, I can't sing at all. So we get there, and we end up. The guy's a believer. We end up all praying. Gives me some honey, and I was able to sing. Like, not just sing, but sing well. And it was weird. Like, it just praise God. The whole thing. The whole thing worked out. Um. But then on the way back, well, I think I, I realized why I got, I got acid reflux. Nashville's famous for like a lot of things, but food-wise, what do you think of? Hot chicken. Yeah. I eat Nashville hot chicken for like every meal. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then like extra spice and just everything, everything nice, right? Um, so anyways, I probably could have avoided that acid reflux, but lesson learned. Um, on the way back home, What's crazy, though, is like we get in the airplane and I'm like, man, I can't breathe. And my wife's like, I can't really breathe either. And I felt like the cabin pressure was wrong, but nobody else is experiencing this. And we're sitting there and I'm like, dude, like it is literally really hard to breathe. And then I'm like, are your legs hurting? She goes, yes, my legs are hurting so bad. And like my shins, and everything, like when you're lay le- when you wake up, like when your legs fall asleep and you're like having that awkward, like, I don't know how to step we get off the plane, and we're, like, grabbing the side of, like, the, the, the jetway, like, barely walking. And I'm like, dude, like, the devil's trying to take me out. Uh, it was weird. And for, like, two days afterwards, it still felt that way. So it was just very, very strange. And I'm like, obviously, it wasn't cabin pressure because everybody else is just fine.
0: You had told me that story earlier this week and yeah. I felt like that I did a bunch of squats and then I was going down the stairs and
1: I'm like, I bet this is how they felt <laughs> getting off the plane. Dude, that is kind of how it felt. And then we're driving on the way home. So then so the, in the next airport, their luggage scanner breaks. And so they got to do all of it by hand. Half the people on the plane didn't even get their bags. Half. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Half. There's so many people at the airport just, like, waiting. Ours makes it through, but we're sitting on the tarmac forever. End up getting into Junction at 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, man. So we're driving home. It's, like, 3 in the morning. I'm, like, barely awake, just trying to figure it out. Deer pops out in the middle of the road. And it's, like, one of those – were you on the bus when we almost hit all those elk?
0: We had two buses for that event. No. I was the bus behind okay. you, so you were – Yeah.
1: Anyways, that type of situation where you slam on the brakes as hard as you can and you pray to God that – you survive. And that's what we did. I slammed on the brake. I watched my wife's neck just like snap forward. I felt so bad for her. And we missed that deer by an inch. I'm like, man, like I feel like that was just trying to take me out. I look back at the whole thing and I'm like, man, there was a lot of obstacles, but there was so much favor. And God helped me navigate through the whole thing. We ended up recording some music. Me and my sister wrote a song about my dad that you guys will hear eventually in the next coming months. It's going to drop. It's going to drop. It's dropping. So look for that. There's going to be merch. I'm just kidding. And then I wrote a song, which I thought I was originally going to write a song uh, that I've sung at church about communion. And I was like, you know, I need to pray about this because I'm not just going to do what I think. I'm going to do what I, I know the Lord's asking me to do. So I prayed about it. And there was another song that he brought up. And I'm like, you know what? We'll, we'll see. So I pitch all the songs to the guy. Not that he has the power to decide. I can do whatever I want, but I pitch it. The guy starts getting really emotional and he goes, that song right there. And he goes, and he starts giving me his life story about how he almost walked away from his faith, almost left his wife and like how he felt the way I felt in this song and like it ministered to him. And he's like, dude, I think that's the one. And it confirmed with me too. And so we recorded a song called Lean Into Me. You know what it is. You've heard it before.
0: While you were gone, I'm like he should do that song instead of the communion song. I was thinking, yeah. I know he's doing the communion song, but I wish he would have done this other one. So praise God. Yeah, I'm man. excited.
1: So I'm really excited for that one to come out to. I, I feel like it's going to help some people. And in the podcast that I, that I did before, You were referencing the liquor. The Not the liquor.
0: (laughs) You were not referencing the liquor. We were referencing the liquor. That was that part of your testimony. It is some people's testimony, but you were referencing the lyrics to that song. Yes,
1: yes. And then I was like, man, I'll come up with the second verse. We did come up with that second verse, but it was about replaying the battles I've lost. So those lyrics, uh, those lyrics go, um, oh gosh, this is exactly what happened in the last podcast. I can't remember my own lyrics. You did some
0: editing though, and it came out a little smoother. I did listen (laughs) to it. Yeah, yeah,
1: it did come out a little smoother. Um, so it goes, it goes, um, driven by my emotions, uh, replaying the battles I've lost. Doubt is a silent addiction. I need you to rescue my thoughts. Um, so there's just a lot of people struggling with that stuff. Um, so I think that that song is going to help. Um, and whatever comes of it comes of it. I'm not releasing them to make any money. Um, I'm releasing them cause I think it'll bless people. And the one about my dad, I was like, you know what, this is like an heirloom. And I want something of good quality to be able to pass down from generation to generation. So that's my story about Nashville. It was really cool. I did wear out my voice, though, because what they do is, like, they go, well, we're going to track the vocals. We're going we're to comp that. He keeps saying comp that. We're going to comp that. Let's get another one. We're going to comp that. Just means getting a compilation. And so I would sing a portion of the song, like, 50 times. And so what they do is, because like on one phrase, you might have a really beautiful inflection on one word and then screw up the rest. So they'll take the first part of that and then pair it with another part that you sung. So each section of the song has like 20 comps of that one line. And then the final edit is the best of every single one. So it's pretty cool how they do it. Um, and then this might be exposing an industry secret, but they use something called Melodyne. And Melodyne can like lengthen or shorten words. So if like you don't sing it completely correct, they can like oh. make it. So he was like, hey, man, the people that you hear on the radio are not as perfect as you think.
0: It's like instead of autotune, where autotune puts you inside the right pitch. Right. This lengthens it to where it's the right length.
1: Yeah, like if your timing is wrong because you're singing right. to a click. Right. And if you say your word a stretches little too fast, it or shortens they can it. move it. To uh-huh. a degree, if like you're, if you're really bad, oh, then they course. can rescue that. But they can fit it in, because like I know my sister was singing harmonies for my dad's song, and I had a way of singing the lyrics that were kind of unique. And the way I did it, like da 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 da, and like she was having a hard time with that. She got it really close, and then he, he put showed. Some melodyne on he melodyned it, man, and that was really cool. So people are still talented. Okay, don't get me wrong; it's not like people suck at singing, and they, they just make them sound great, but. It brought some comfort to me because I'm like, man, I'm not cut out for this. He's like, a lot of people are exactly the way you are and we fix it in post. I'm like, oh, thanks.
0: And I was thinking that's one reason to really appreciate someone who performs well live.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. And I won't toot my own horn, but he was said both about me and my sister that we were actually very good at tracking the vocals. No, I was thinking you do very well because We both lead worship every single week. That was really cool. Okay, that's my story about Nashville. I don't know when those songs will come out. In the next few months, they will. But I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Now we're going to open up our Bibles to James chapter 2. And I have no idea what's going to come of this. Um, And if we just read it and then close it, then that's what we do. Hebrews, James, what am I doing here? Come on, come on. Here we go. James chapter two. I'm reading out of the NLT. It says a warning against prejudice. Ooh, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? If you favor some people over others. For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention, at a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there, or you say to the poor one, uh, or you can sit on the floor. Uh, well, oh, I read that wrong. Sorry. You can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well uh doesn 't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? We'll stop right there for a minute. This is an intense subject if you're looking for a slap in the face, I think there are a few people who would gladly accommodate you, or you can just read James <laughs> chapter Two. Uh, <laughs> this is like harsh realities like he's saying it how it needs to be said. You no, know, you're listening to. Probably somewhere down south, a good message. There probably most likely is going to be a person in the audience saying, tell it like it's supposed to be told, pastor. That's That's what's happening here. Uh, Verse 5. Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom? Right? That's what he said. The meek will inherit the earth. Jesus said that. He promised to those who love him, but you dishonor the poor. Isn't it rich? Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Well. Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Man, this is tough. Verse eight, yes, indeed. It is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. I'm guilty of this. I've done it, man. You get somebody who's of higher status and the whole term like, bending over backwards or kowtowing or that happens a lot. I wonder why. I mean, I, I know why it's not, it's not a mystery, but what we talked about in the last podcast or what I said at the very end about the fear of man Mm -hmm. being one of the biggest indicators of whether you walk in your calling or not, that just, that can really kind of just mess up everything in life. The fear of man or just approval of man. Right. I think it's,
0: based out of a self-centeredness. Yeah. I think anytime we value someone over another person is because we're being selfish. And I think selfishness, as Pastor Marcus taught, is the opposite of love. Yeah. And really we're called to love all people. And one of the greatest benefits that we have with our father is that he doesn't play favorites. There's no partiality. There's no variation or shadow of turning in his son. But what we do is we think that when certain higher level people around us, we can get more from them, which is just a sign of something I read last night from an old Oral Roberts book. Mm -hmm. He was discussing seed and seed faith, that if you have a need, sow a seed and Mm -hmm. different things along those terms. But he said, so often we struggle in believing God to provide for us because we get the source confused with the means or the Mm -hmm. instrument. So the difference is, is that... When somebody like John Bevere comes and share, we think, oh man, we can really get something out of that. But then if you see me up there, you're like, oh, it's just John. (laughs) Not John Bevere. It's just John. John. It's a John. But if you're looking to God, God can speak through a donkey to get through Mm -hmm. you. I made mention in the last podcast of someone who came to me and said, hey, John, everything's going to be okay. Just keep your armor on. Yeah. That person is one of the people that is... Most people wouldn't expect to get anything spiritual from them from. Mm. But I honestly have gotten the most accurate words from this person. That's awesome. So that's what I get out of it. Yeah. If our eyes are on God, we'll treat everyone the same. Because I think it's James says, be careful. You don't know when you're entertaining angels.
1: Right.
0: Which means whoever you run into might be a messenger from heaven, an angelic being. So that way you're totally in the spirit realm. You're looking at God.
1: And You're, that messenger could be in the form of a poor person walking into the church, yeah. right? Yep. And I like what you said because you said uh, – I like what you said because you said
0: – What I say.
1: What did you say? You said that we ch- tend to to kind of bend over backwards for these people because of what we can get from them. And we talk about it on the spiritual level, but even on the natural level, we think, oh, man, this person has a great reputation. They've got connections. They've got this. Like if I become friends with this person, look at what it can do for me, can set me up for success. And then we look at somebody and we go, I don't know what I can get from them. I don't even know them. That's the point. You don't have a relationship with that person. You know the, you know the famous person and what they can do, but you've built no relationship with them, but you're trying to gain something from them. When in reality, there's so many people around you who can add so much richness to your life if you develop a relationship. So it's weird because we say, I don't know that person. What can they give me? But with somebody who we don't know, but the world knows and has status, we're, we're, wanting, you know, we're wanting to bend over backwards for those people. True. It's weird. It's all about relationship. Okay. So – Let's move on. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Man, Interesting that the law of sowing and reaping works in every single context. And I heard a minister say this once he goes, there's going to be a time in your life where you need abounding mercy. So you better start sowing it right now. I'm like, man, we just think about it. We think about it in natural terms so much. I'm a to sow a seed. Well, you like what you just said with Oral Roberts. If you have a need, sow a seed. hundred percent agree with it. But the law of sowing and reaping is in every context and in every situation if you do not sow any seeds of mercy, right. you will not be receiving a harvest of mercy and when it counts.
0: And in his book, he was demonstrating the natural law that seeds produce after their own kind. Yeah. So if you have a financial seed, you better connect your faith to some financial seed you put in the ground. But if you're needing mercy, which as you said, the best time to prepare is before the need, right. prepare by demonstrating mercy on a daily basis
1: in sobering let's keep reading this is a book i think a lot of people maybe shy away from because it's just in your face like i said if you want to slap in the face just read james three james two sorry but all of james honestly just read all of james (laughs) yeah james chapter three is really good too all right moving on how what are we how are we doing on time when we stop start this we started at 10 after you're about 30 minutes okay let's keep going. So verse 14, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm, eat well. It's the equivalent of being like, I'm sending good vibes your way. (laughs) Seriously. Um, And, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What Good does that do? See, uh, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough ooh, unless it produces good deeds. It is a dead. It is dead and useless. Now, some may argue. Some people have faith, and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, but you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this. He's throwing some shade here. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? He's basically saying, put your money where your mouth is. Seriously. Seriously. Put your money where your mouth is. And I love that. I and, mean, you know, we've, we've discussed faith before. And one of my definitions is faith is action, right? Faith is what validates what you say what you say you believe. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's really what proves to God, to yourself, to the enemy, to the people around you, that you actually believe what you say. It's putting an action to it. Belief unto obedience. Belief unto obedience. Put your money where your mouth is. All right, we're winding down here. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions work together his actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as, a, as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Good reminders. Amen. Amen. So I believe that I was obedient in my faith by, by reading this. Um, I encourage you guys who are listening to this, read it yourself. You should read... All of the scripture, but even the ones that sometimes are a hard pill to swallow, um, because those are the ones that I think I I maybe struggle with the most, is putting actions to faith, putting actions to what you say you believe. Um, It's just always a good reminder. So that's the podcast for today. Do you have anything else you'd like to say?
0: Absolutely. The wisdom of the day.
1: Yeah. Go for it.
0: Well, I want to start off by saying that was not a piano recital. You totally nailed something from Bach. oh,
1: Oh, Bach. Did Bach write for Elise? I don't know. If he
0: did, then it all worked together. I don't know who did for Elise. Chopin. Actually,
1: Um, I have no idea what he did.
0: I really appreciated your story. You did a great job at telling an awesome story. I liked the fact that you didn't necessarily do everything right, but when you step out in obedience, God backs you up and even helps in your mistakes. Yes. That's such an encouraging thing to do. No. I really like James, too. I was just trying to make a connection between... What he starts off with and what he ends with Mm -hmm. about not showing favoritism and poor people coming into our churches and how we respond to them and then our faith. And I think it's, I'm a leader here at New Creation Church and there's tons of new people. And I'm not saying that the new people that come in are poor. That's not what I'm, but they are maybe poor in relationship with other people in the church. Yeah. And I've been accused, even with you, of having a clicky mentality where we have our own sayings. Yeah, there was a time when jokes. we were in young adults and we would just go from inside joke to inside joke to inside yeah. joke.
1: And it was that was immaturity
0: the on our part. Yeah, But I want to connect with people to a greater degree. So when people come in, it's so easy. Like, well, you heard the word, just be blessed. And they walk out. But how am I connecting with the new people that come in the church right. with more than just my words, my actions?
1: Right. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of that. Just there are people like the whole, the whole term, like not judging a book by its cover, means you already have made a judgment without actually examining the contents right so people come into your life at face value seemingly not going to provide or add any value to your life and that sounds harsh but if we just leave it at face value i mean there there's a gold mine i mean what's the phrase man i can't remember the phrase anyways it's kind of like there's you know a diamond in the, like a diamond hidden in everybody. That, that's not the phrase. If you just take the time to dig, you'll yeah. find, you'll find the gold in pretty much everybody. And so being very careful not to judge that book by its cover and not allow that, that trap of thinking that people who come into your life are not going to add value. Um, because I think everybody has something to offer.
0: Absolutely. God doesn't play favorites.
1: Nope. There's no favoritism with him the beginning of
0: James 2. And yeah. I used to encourage myself with this. I would watch you lead worship. We already talked about your musical abilities. I'm like, wow, God, you really gave Pastor Jonathan a lot. And I remember he encouraged me that I don't play favorites. He found an area where he's excellent in. Find in yourself an area where you're excellent at. Now, I'm not talking selfishly, but what Pastor Jonathan said, there's gold in every person. And if our eyes are on God, we'll more easily recognize his influence in each person's life and we'll bring the best out in each other. And we can be the church that Jesus paid for because we're not looking at each other and what they look like on the outside and the natural money they can bring. Mm -hmm. We're looking to what God deposited in them.
1: Man, that just reminded me of one more thing. Sometimes we are settling So, there's a thing like you settle for good when you could have had great. Mm -hmm. And even in your own gifts and callings, even in what you think is good, it's like digging for gold and finding fool's gold and presenting it as gold and thinking that's all you've got. When if you would just dig a little deeper, um, hit the main vein, you would would hit the main vein. And so, sometimes in life, you gotta pass up good to go to great. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm gonna relate this back to goals. I was talking with somebody about this the other day when you don't have a clear goal of what you want, you'll stop at good because there's no end goal in sight when really, if you kept pressing on, you'd get to great. And so that's kind of unrelated to what we're talking about. Or, or you settle for gifting when you could go to anointing. Yeah. 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 So letting God paint that picture for you and telling you like, this is what I've called you to do and not settling for anything less. And that, I mean, there's been times, I, mean, I would hate to get to heaven and be like, look at what I did, God. And he's like, yeah, that was at this level. You settled for good when you could have had great. Not just like, not I'm not talking about uh, a certain amount of money or anything, but great in the kingdom, great in calling, great in anointing, all that. So yeah. anyways, sometimes you got to pass up good to get to great.
0: There's the wisdom of the day, folks.
1: Go. That was long. Thanks for staying with us. Let's pray real quick. Father God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you that just as John pointed out, even through that story, you know, even when I I screw up, you just act on a word, you act on obedience. God has your back. You know, we know in the word it says that the glory of the Lord is our rear guard. And so we're just so thankful that you have our backs and that you're for us, that you're encouraging us to step out in our gifts and our callings and that you have our backs. Um, I'm repeating myself, but that's okay. Um, I pray that anyone who listens to this podcast will be blessed and find some encouragement to step out in what God is calling them to do and put action to their faith. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. And wow, that was one of my favorite podcast that we've ever done thank you pastor jonathan and thank you listeners for joining us and hey 2023 is going to be the best year yet for the so and Uh going podcast so if i were you i wouldn't miss next week